Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Bird to your mother. It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just some high-flying, ran fast vertical stems of professors from Penn watching eagles eat and pray like pazookies on birthdays. It's Philadelphia. Marissa Bowen, Zach kicking it. Cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Marissa Bowen, Zach are here to Squawk. Don't miss the mistress talk on some. I love the combines. It's effectively the start of the offseason. I know they talk about the senior bowl like that. And what a long offseason it was. When you're at like a company event with Bo, it's it's honestly it's it's like Peyton Manning at a quarterback convention. <laughs> he's he's a he's a big deal with these things. Hello everybody and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Friday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Marissa Dunn, Zach Berman, Zach and I back home. Marissa still on the scene. In Indianapolis, hobnobbing with all the big decision makers <laughs> at the Combine. We are here for one of the big episodes of the offseason. It's time for Flu World Order. Marissa, how are you? I'm very excited. Um, I hope everyone's ready to play along. We, You made this awesome um, Google Doc thing where we're going to give out a prize, apparently. To you know what? Somebody sent me. I could have done it better. I could have done it like a, a ranking instead of the drop downs. But, you know, I... Did it in five minutes before the no, show. No, that's so, great. Sorry. Um, I know this is a big episode of the year. We got a lot of comments after last episode. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Um, you know, I know you guys are back in Philly, but we had a great time seeing you guys um being together. So it's been a fun week. How are you guys doing? Good, Zach. Doing great. You? I'm doing great. Excited for this podcast. Looking forward to Flu World Order. Enjoyed this uh spending time with you guys last week. And or I should say this week. Week's not over. And uh, free agency coming up, draft coming up. But right now, looking forward to this pod. Zach, is there anything Eagles-related uh, aside from what we're going to get to that has happened since we talked on Wednesday that needs to be discussed? Tuesday. Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Since we talked Tuesday. No, uh, Shane Steichen spoke uh, on Wednesday and raved about Alex Tanney, Brian Johnson, Jalen Hurts. You know, he he was essentially saying that Jack Berman. <laughs> he was essentially saying in Indianapolis, there as the Colts are searching for a quarterback, and he was talking about different things you look for. But one thing he talked about was just the way Hertz worked at it, right? I think the the answer came with a question about uh, why some quarterbacks succeed and why some quarterbacks fail in the top ten. And he spoke about how Hertz is there at six a.m. out the door at nine thirty p.m. Uh, the work ethic that we've heard about from Jalen Hurts. He emphasized that, um, spoke about Brian Johnson's game uh, or his ability to work with the offense, his play calling, uh, because we haven't seen Brian Johnson as a play caller. But Shane Steichen said Brian Johnson really has, has a good knack for it. They could just tell in the con- – he could tell in the conversations Johnson with ideas and knowing what to do and a feel for 
the offense uh, said Alex Tanny second to none as a coach was 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 really impressed with how he's he he works with the quarterbacks and has that NFL experience in his background as well. So that that was Shane Steichen on Wednesday. And also of of note, and this is uh, this is relevant to I hope well perhaps all three of us we we still need to see what happens down the line here. But the Eagles will have joint practices with the mm. Cleveland Browns yes. in Philadelphia the second week of the preseason. Uh, this was announced by Kevin Stefanski to the Cleveland reporters this weekend, and oh, I'm sorry, this week rather. Kevin so, Stefanski from. From Philadelphia, the Philadelphia right. area, went to Penn. Um, so we, so uh, we know Ooh, that. Sorry, we we know that the Eagles' second preseason opponent is going to be the Cleveland Browns, and we know that they'll have those two practices leading up to that game in Philly. And so the Eagles will presumably be on the road against the Jets this year. We saw two years ago they had joint practices up there. Uh, so you know that. Uh, at least two of their preseason opponents right there. No trips to Miami then. I don't anticipate back-to-back trips to Miami. Mm. But that was that was quality bonding time with you. So if we if we get down there, we can we can do it again. I, I prefer the bonding time to the uh to the practice. Shop talk, but, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed the bonding time. That, a lot of lot hey, of responses. I, a lot of a lot of people um taking the opportunity to uh come down hard on either one of us. Yeah, look, that's yes. it's a very um controversial episode. Yeah, very divisive. But I I I can always get better, and I honestly, stand by being uh, triggered. <laughs> and and uh, you know the 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 uh, the audience speaks what the audience wants. You know, we will do our best to deliver. This is uh, we're nothing without the audience. But I don't so. know if that's true. I mean, the audience is not a monolith. I'm, you know, sure. Uh, there's yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. So this is a show for the sickos. Everybody, else you know, on board if they want. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to lean into everything and anything. So let's, you know, whatever needs to be done for a quality show, I'm on board. Hey Zach, what did you make of the, um, the NFLPA report card? Yeah, should talk about that. Uh, what did I make of it? Uh, actually, so they want we those can last seats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we can um, uh, separate the Eagles part of it from the rest of the league because. Look, if you were in Arizona or Washington, obviously, Jacksonville, yeah. there's some damning things on there. But obviously focusing on the Eagles, uh, they they have real high marks as far as their training staff, as far as their – all all their staffs are are very well regarded by the players, which is, which is a good sign, I think. The facilities uh, need upgrades, right? That, that seems clear. And – I could probably tell you. I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, Bo. When you see some of these these newer facilities and these newer locker rooms, the Eagles locker room is tight. And yeah, especially uh, the, when especially with the rosters expanded in the middle of the exactly uh, locker room stanchions. Yeah, and uh, the training areas and the weight room. I mean, I'm not in those as I'm. I'm not in those at the team facility, but. Uh, from from you and from what it's... Just, just <laughs> squatting next to each yeah. other, but uh, the Novacare complex, uh, it's it's not new anymore, right? It it was built in the early two thousands. We're in twenty twenty three right now, so you so you're looking at a twenty year old facility, and some of these facilities in the past two decades have have probably surpassed that. And you know there are certain limitations you might have from a space perspective, 
uh, especially when you have a city facility as opposed to a facility that's in the, you know, in the suburbs or the outskirts. Uh, but certainly uh, that's something that stood out there. And then the travel uh, mm-hmm. stood out. The, the Eagles are one of eight teams, I believe, that don't offer their players first-class seats. And this, this actually came up back during the Chip Kelly era. I, I, I recall Malcolm Jenkins um, tried lobbying for it, and there was a bit that the, um, that the team website did when I think Miles Sanders and someone else was asking Howie Roseman for the first-class seats and, uh, this past year. And from, and from what I heard, they actually, they actually might have gotten it later in the year this year, but I, don't, I, I, I need to find out more there. Um, but certainly, that, uh, I imagine that's something that, that, that could be worked on is the team travel. Uh, but, but I think the Eagles as an organization should feel pretty good about where they rank in that survey because uh, staffing is such an important thing and they really have trust from their training staff and their, and uh, the, the, the different operations behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. A lot of teams got bad grades with travel. I think that was probably overall one of the lowest grades. Um, did Michael, did Michael fill out the report he, card? He did. Yeah. Um, yeah I think Tough grader really- or easy grader. What did you think? Um, I think he's probably an easy grader. He's pretty content. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was interesting to see. Like they had the treatment of families on there. I liked that one, obviously. Um, I think the yeah, Eagles didn't do great there. I think they did okay. They did just okay, right? Like a B um, or B minus or something. B minus, yeah. Yeah. So um, it says that they um, so the Browns actually had a um, room that they had like a daycare at the games, um, and the Eagles, I guess, did. But it says you had to bring your own. No. Your nanny nurse. or someone yeah. to, mm-hmm. to watch the child um versus like a service that um interested the children so that okay. was probably one of the difference but b minus not bad but yeah it was interesting yeah, the cardinal stuff is hilarious yeah i mean just yeah what they had to make they pay, make guys pay for their food pay for their food that's yeah. crazy like that is one of that's the biggest insane. things that is my favorite thing is like that michael brings home every meal during the season because then it's less grocery shopping I have to do and things I don't have fewer. to cook. So fewer. Yes. No, it's not fewer. <laughs> so yeah, the fact that if he had to pay for it, that would be pretty crazy. But and and the food, I I don't know what it's like in Cleveland, but in Philly, it's very well regarded. Uh, yeah. The, the food in the cafeteria. Yeah, it's always yeah. different. They mm-hmm. you know do things each month like specials. So yeah. All right, Zach. Survey. Are we ready for the main event? Yes, let's do it. It's time for Flu World Order. Now, uh, you can check my Twitter. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, too. It is, um, it, it's in the description on YouTube right now. If you're watching on YouTube. It's in the description on YouTube. YouTube. You can play along, and we're going to, whoever, uh, no, we won't really know until the end of next season, so please remind us. Uh, maybe uh, Daniels will have to be in charge of that again. But uh, the winner, whoever wins outside the show, will get some kind of prize uh, for the best score in Flu World Order. Maybe... Um, you get to predetermine how long an episode is going to be. Mm. Uh, maybe you could join us on the show. Maybe you could get, um, you know, one of Zach's shirts. Sure. I will give I, a shirt. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sure, we will be happy with that. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so fill it out. Join along. Play what along. about one but, of your old t-shirts, Bo? Yeah, I promised those long ago, and uh, I've learned that I just won't follow through with that. (laughs) 
I'm I'm not good at I'm I'm too good at procrastinating. Yesterday, uh, now Zach remembers this. My my license, driver's license, had expired, um, and I I had I got like oh, you get your auto renew, and yeah. I had the paper right, so I yes. had the paper driver's license, but I didn't have the photo card. And this happened in I don't know July or August, and you know I I didn't do it all season long. I was just carrying the paper around with me. I went yesterday to uh to DMV. the dmv it took like four minutes oh wow <laughs> the one in south philly that's like five minutes yes. from the nova care complex i could have done it anytime and it was a delight the woman <laughs> had the same birthday as me it was a pleasure <laughs> june 11th right what a beautiful experience so yeah Zach's probably I mean, very happy i wasn't worse for wear it didn't now. affect me in any way but a, an errand that i could have done earlier so shout out to the uh oregon avenue uh dmv How's how's the updated photo relative to the one from what four years ago? Well, I actually lost the old one. Okay, um, that happened a week ago, so I, I can't compare it. But I thought the new photo was fine. <laughs> you lost your expired driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> how did you lose it? Out of curiosity, you didn't, you haven't needed it. Well, because um, uh, when we went to Florida with the family, we rented a car, and I had handed uh, it to Rachel while she was getting the car, and I was getting the bags. Gotcha. And uh, somewhere in the exchange of giving it back, it was fumbled. The uh, rental car drop-off is 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 not the finest hour for Bo Wolf. <laughs> oh yeah, last year. <laughs> well, you remember Cleveland last year? He left his wallet in. The, yeah, my in the wallet. Car. Yeah. Yeah, and it, then it ended up that I didn't leave it. It was in your pants, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. It, it was in something. Yeah. <laughs> you found it in the washing machine. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's in a different pair of pants, I think. Zach, have you ever lost like your wallet or your license or anything like that? I haven't lost my so the, wallet nor my license. No. I can only imagine like the panic. Well, but so the I, funny thing is because my license has been expired, I've just been carrying around my passport in my backpack for like <laughs> yeah. five months. Yeah, when you go to bars, that always jumps out when you right. show them the passport. Right. <laughs> it's like this guy's really official yeah there's no fake ids for right, exactly if, um, my fbi badge yeah no but uh marissa to answer your question i i i don't use a wallet anymore i i use my phone case now yeah and that's me, why me too i'm actually down on i i don't carry cash which can sometimes yeah. be a problem I, I need to to figure that out i mean that there's what do you there do about are, tip in hotel uh well, so that I, I bring cash in my backpack, but okay. if I were to Valley Park somewhere, um, mm. I need to always remember mm. to to bring, uh, you know, to bring cash. And then, uh, by the yeah, way, that's really, yeah, that's really the only area, I think. When Zach and I went out to dinner on Tuesday night, there was a valet service <laughs> and Zach and I are standing outside in the in the home of the initial infamous valet story from Zach. And here comes this guy just sprinting past us it was a very nice full circle moment yeah and uh the the person and who, as he walked uh, by as as he ran by you could see for just a brief second he locked eyes with zach and there was a knowing nod of <laughs> you know i know i know yeah. you know uh, the person whose car it was i i imagine gave a generous tip accordingly right you, you see the guy hustling uh that that's worthy of that's that's worthy of it i do need to monitor my rights Someone mentioned it on podcast Your uh, on on Twitter that I am ending. I'm doing I'm pulling right a Casey Tuhill. I'm I'm pulling a Casey Tuhill here. Mm. Remember that that he yeah. would end sentences with right, and 
Uh, Just so do I'm the trying say to, left instead. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to be cognizant <laughs> of it. So, uh, Ray, you know, I, 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 I would say raise your if you hear a like or a right, raise your hand. You know, I'll know not to do it. I mean, I'm not going to do that. I think you can speak <laughs> however you like to speak. Yeah. All right. Flu world order. A massive offseason ahead for the Eagles. Uh, they have 19 pending free agents, including uh, Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham, who have those uh, sort of automatic voids on the contract. We're including those guys. They've also added Quez Watkins as a potential trade possibility. Uh, we'll get to the exact specifics, but just to sort of set the scene here, the Eagles, according to Over the Cap, have just like $100,000 in effective cap space. Now, they're going to be able to create some more cap space by restructuring Darius Slay and Lane Johnson, most likely. Uh, but there are not a ton of guys for them to do that with, as they have done in past years. They are not playing with a lot of cap space. Um, so, and so it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out. Howie Roseman talked this week about um, expecting a lot of turnover. Zach wrote about it today. You can read that on The Athletic. And there are a lot of pieces, a lot of uh, franchise legends here who are uh, potentially leaving, a lot of guys who are obviously impactful on the defense. I think, you know, eight or nine guys who played significant snaps all slated to be free agents. And we are going to rank them in order of one to 20, in order of how likely they are to return to the Eagles. You want a low score here, the lowest score wins. And for the 19 free agents, they count if they are back or re-signed at any point in 2023. So for a player like Boston Scott, if he is re-signed in August, that counts. If he's re-signed in uh, April and then is cut, he still counts. Same goes for a guy like Brett Kern. And then for Quez Watkins, this is more of a, a future projection. Will he be on the week one roster? And that includes injured reserve and uh, PUP and anything like that. But if he is traded or cut, then he does not count. Uh, one thing I, I I would just like to add here uh, is that the franchise tag, because this is probably in, in conjunction with whether a player comes back or not, my expectation, and I wrote this today, that I don't anticipate the Eagles using the franchise tag uh, for, you can discuss a few reasons there, but primarily because I don't think they're, they're going to want to take on that one-year cap hold. Once you give the tag, uh, that that becomes uh, a portion of, of your cap that's allocated to it, even if the tag's not signed. And it's a big number for that one year. And as you just outlined in, a, in an important way, the Eagles are tight on cap space as it is. They can open up cap space, uh, but I, I don't think they're going to want a chunk of that cap space just reserved for a player while they're in negotiations with him. So I don't anticipate the Eagles using the tag. I, I know there's been speculation elsewhere that they will or that they could. Uh, that's not a direction I see them going. Yeah, I think if you if we, we can talk about this uh, next week when we get to uh, free agent quackatology, but uh, if you're thinking about like players the Eagles can add who are significant this offseason or bring back, they have to be sort of multi-year deals when they can really push the money to the future. Um, and that's why the franchise tag doesn't make sense. You're, you're, you're that you are just like locking down this albatross of a, of a number that has no flexibility to it. So uh, that's, that's not going to be the case. All right. We start alphabetically Zach with the number 11 
free agent, according to uh, the Athletics Top 150 free agent rankings. I mean, you know, I, I might quibble with these rankings uh, myself, but I wasn't asked to do it. So we'll uh, we'll go by what we have here. I believe someone at the Ringer also has rankings. Um, that person neglected to include, in my opinion, the top offensive lineman on the market, but <laughs> that's a problem for him. James Bradbury, cornerback, who signed a one-year, $10 million deal approximately. Uh, it was like 7.2 salary plus the uh, signing bonus last year. James Bradbury, the cornerback, opposite Darius Slay, uh, a player who I think the Eagles would love to have back if they could, but it seems to me unlikely that that will happen. He's going to go look for a big money deal. I have him, Zach, at number 15 on my 1 to 20 rankings. I have him at at number sixteen on my one twenty ranking. So we're we're on a similar wavelength there. Do you think there's any? Well, I imagine you think there's a possibility because he's not twenty there. But 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 you think it's extraordinarily unlikely? I imagine. I think it's unlikely. I think you know we will get to the the big guys, but I think if there's, I think they would like to bring back one of the key players on defense, and that is. Probably Javon Hargrave or C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And if those guys both leave, there might be money that they didn't think they had for James Bradbury. But he's 30 years old. They can't like keep just having old guys on the outside because Darius Slay is 31 or 32 even. Um, and he's committed to be here for at least another year. I, it's just not a good match. Um, I think it was a great signing for them last season. You guys, you, you shake hands. It's going to probably play very well for them from a comp pick game because I think he's going to get paid well. Yeah. Um, but I, it's just in terms of like the life cycles of where the Eagles are and where Bradbury is, I, I think this is very unlikely. James has been fairly honest about he wants to get paid. He wants to be on a winning team, but he wants to get paid. And he's going to want uh, – and, and especially after last offseason, obviously, when the Giants sort of you know screwed him a little bit. Exactly. Uh, he did what he needed to do to put himself in in this position. He signed that one year deal so he can hit the market uh, in in a good spot, and he's hitting the market in a really good spot here. Uh, so I don't think the Eagles are going to pay this big money to do two cornerbacks, particularly at at, at that age. Uh, and I think James Bradbury deserves a bigger deal, and he's going to uh, he's he's going to get it, and he earned it. yeah he earned it yeah. Okay, we move on. I think a very, uh, this is just in general, uh, Zach, you texted me last night. This is difficult. This is a very hard uh, flu world order. Maybe the most difficult, probably the most loaded that we've ever had in the six-year history of flu world order. I have not um, ranked my flu orders, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, and next up, we have a difficult one. Fletcher Cox who uh, is number, let's see, where is he on the athletic rankings? Number 52 on the athletic rankings of the top 150 free agents. He is he will be 32 years old. Um, I think this is a tough one, Zach, because, you know, six months ago, it felt like Fletcher Cox was uh, destined here for his final season. The Eagles signed him to, you know, that sort of lifetime achievement contract that 14 million dollar deal that we all thought was kind of wild in terms of price and it was a nice way to send him off but i sort of feel like now that javon hargrave is going to hit the market presumably 
if he gets a monster deal elsewhere and does not come back, maybe the Eagles bring back Fletcher Cox um, if the if the price is right. Um, you know, other, do you want to replace two starting defensive linemen? You, you, you like Jordan Davis, you like Milton Williams, but you need somebody else you can rely on there in that rotation. I don't know. I, I my my opinion on Fletcher Cox's likelihood to change has um, it, it, it has increased in percentage wise over the past couple of months. I think. How do you feel? I have Fletcher Cox at seven on this list. I have him at seven. Okay. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. Great minds, right? Mm. So I I it's been a while with... since we had a head to head flu world order. You know, pre pre Zach Berman. Michelle. Slightly different yeah. dynamic. Yeah. Uh, so Fletcher Cox, um, I, I think you, I, I don't want, I don't want to repeat what you just said there because I, I, I believe it, it was, uh, a good way of, of framing it. I, um, well, I suppose we'll see in a few minutes. I think I'm more optimistic about Javon Hargrave potentially returning than, than you might be. Um, but I, I don't think both are going to be back. I think it, it would behoove the Eagles to try to bring one of them back. I would rather bring Hargrave back, but I think uh, that there is a chance for Cox at less than fourteen million, certainly. But I also think there's there's gonna be a, a bit of a market for Fletcher Cox as well. And I think uh, hearing Howie Roseman um, over the past few months and ye- well, I should say past few years, one thing he's he's recognized is is that he can get a bit too sentimental with with his guys for lack of a better term. And Fletcher Cox is certainly one of his guys. So I think that he might be more deliberate in that this off season, because that was not the case last off season. And I, I think that they might have a number for Fletcher Cox to return. Certainly Fletcher Cox, he's one of the best players in Eagles history. The past, uh, no story of the past two decades of the Eagles can be written without Fletcher Cox in it. And I don't know. Well, I, I, mean, I will, but yeah. I, I will push back on that. I mean, Fletcher Cox, I'd like to see you write the history of the Eagles for the past two decades. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, but uh, he is, he's, he's such a key part of this organization. And the fairy tale ending is him finishing his career in Philadelphia. I just think he's, he's going to have, more of an opportunity, more of an opportunity to make money elsewhere than with the Eagles. Two things on the sentimentality. Um, one is that Howie Roseman has said this before, that he knows that he's too sentimental and he has to guard against it and has still done it. So just because he says it doesn't mean he's actually going to follow through. But I, I also think that there is a, a, a difference that matters between, you know, bringing back guys like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Jason Kelsey versus like being overly sentimental about Alshon Jeffrey um, and extending a window for guys like these guys who have been here for 10 plus years, that's a little Mm -hmm. bit different. And it's nice to have that dynamic in the locker room where you can, you know, sort of uh, post up like that, that matters in this organization, right? It's, it's, it's the, uh, you don't have to be sentimental about everybody on the roster. And I think like they're almost forced into that uh because of the cap situation this year yeah. where they really can't do that um so it's kind of nice but i think i think this i think fletcher cox is really a domino of what happens with with javon hargrave by the way is the uh is the my weakness can be uh 
being a little too sentimental about players is is that like michael scott's you know yeah i i, I care, care too, too much, much. i yeah. try too hard yeah i mean i mean if like I of, of all your of all your yeah. weaknesses it's it's i mean certainly i i have i have a lot of weaknesses um as well but like if if it's uh, i get sentimental about my t-shirts too <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah i but it is it is uh true he has been and and i think bringing deshaun jackson back was you know an example of it we can go on the on on down the list the i i i always Jason said Peters, yeah yeah I, I always said that that the uh the the irony I, I don't know if i would call it ironic or not but it was just odd that like the, the time that he took a really hard stance on that was malcolm jenkins like <laughs> sometimes you just gotta let guys go and it was someone who could still play in a position where they didn't have a backstop at it so yeah but they needed to turn the locker room over to carson <laughs> But you know, if they didn't do that, then uh, and and this is this is a quick aside. I I was I was talking to someone from another organization this week about uh, just flex. just kind of the life cycle of NFL teams, and you know when teams have a year when you really take it on the chin. And one thing that I said is that in my experience covering the Eagles, right, that they don't have a 14 win season this year if not for what happened in 2020. They don't win the Super Bowl in 2017 if not for what happened in 2015. I think it's it's certainly not the type of thing where you want one of those years where you crash and fall, but uh sometimes you kind of need that to operate with clearer eyes. And uh it's it's not the from a, a big picture perspective sometimes those seasons when everything goes bad and there's there's legitimately I mean, crap going on inside the building, if you will. Uh, long term, if approached correctly, that's 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 not the worst thing. Like I think the Rams, for instance, can learn quite a bit from what's happened this past season. And, and Jordan Rodriguez from the Athletic did a good job outlining some of that. If if you use it constructively, I think it, it could set you on a proper course. Yeah, but he also you don't need to do that. Like, you know, look at the Chiefs, mm -hmm. right? Like. It doesn't True. necessarily like. It's not like you have to bottom out. It's just that's how. how no, it happens. no, no. But I, but, but humility can often come from getting kicked in the ass, right? Whereas uh, mm -hmm. sometimes when you're, when you're winning, it's the expression "winning's the best deodorant." Winning can obscure a lot in an organization on a roster. So, okay, all right. We move on to number three, uh, a player who I believe is not ranked in the top one hundred and fifty, although I think he should be. Oh, no, he's number 125. Uh, and that is Andre Dillard, the former first-round pick of the Eagles, uh, who uh, got to moonlight a little bit at guard this year, but he's a left tackle only. Pretty difficult to imagine any uh, return here, given that uh, the Eagles are not going to spend money on a backup offensive lineman, and you would think that there's a market for somebody to sign him as a uh, penciled-in starter, left tackle, or at least somebody to compete. I have him at 17. I have him at 20. Wow. I don't think Andre Dillard's coming back. I actually I, have him at 18. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I think Andre Dillard has I, – I actually respect the way he handled this past year, right? And we don't know well, – yeah, stick my hand up. I, I said right. Um, we don't know if if he had if, – if he's like a bust, if, if you will, because – Jordan Mailata was a good player. We haven't really seen enough 
of Andre Dillard. But I think Andre Dillard's going to go to a place where he has an opportunity to play or certainly a better opportunity than in Philadelphia. And I think that could be a good lottery ticket signing for a team looking for an offensive tackle. I think he makes sense for a team like that. I would push back on he's we can't declare him a bust because, I mean, he was drafted as an older player, so he was supposed to be ready to play. He had an opportunity to play, and he stunk. Um, and that's the entire reason that Mylotta got this shot in the first place. And then, you know, he had the one-on-one -on -one competition and lost that competition. He's looked better since then, and he's gotten stronger, and he's improved. But, I mean, you use a first-round pick on a player like that, and he is not good when he has to play. That's, I mean, bust is a strong word. Sure. It's not like he's going to be out of the league, but that was a bad pick, it turned yeah. out. Definitely a bad pick there, as, as, as it turned out. I'm just saying he really didn't get a chance to, to play that much there. Um, but I hear your point. As a quick aside, I was, I was talking to Elliot Shore Parks about some draft prospects uh, earlier this week, and it's interesting how, how you've gotten into my head on, on some things. Georgia Tech has this edge rusher, Keon White, who Daniel Jeremiah ranks really high, like I think a top 10 player. Okay, he was a he's a transfer from old. He was a tight end at Old Dominion. Now he's an edge rusher at Georgia Tech. He's he's gonna test real or, and uh, he's 24 years old. That's that's the punchline here. And I'm like 24 years old. He can't. This guy's this guy's not a top 10 pick. He's 24 years old, well, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so you got in my head on that one. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. All right. Next up, another interesting player. T.J. Edwards who is number 47 on the Athletics Top 150. We know the T.J. Edwards story. Zach has written about it. You can read that ahead of his return to Chicago. Um, a player who emerged as a, a very solid middle linebacker for the mm -hmm. Eagles uh, as a full-time starter this year. We know uh, he gets along well with Jonathan Gannon. I think, I think the uh, coaching turnover – is an interesting factor here for all of these defensive guys because we know how much Howie Roseman has talked about getting the personnel for the coaches uh, who knows exactly what Sean Desai wants. But uh, just knowing the Eagles, knowing how little space they have, it's hard to imagine them spending real money on this position. But potentially with both TJ Edwards and Kaiser White uh, free agents, you would think they might want to bring one back. I'm not so sure that that will be the case. You've got Nicobe Dean, obviously. Um, I think TJ Edwards, I have him as the kind of player who the Eagles would take back if the price was surprisingly low, but I don't think they're going to make him a priority. I have him at number nine. I have him at number 12. I thought you outlined it well. I think he's going to get paid. I think he is, he's someone who the Eagles would, would at a different stage perhaps, uh, or at a different position, would love to keep because this is this is the type of player who when you're on the phone in April after after the draft you're pointing to you probably still are pointing to him in that undrafted guy he comes in he 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 earns a roster spot he earns a, he earns playing time he earns a starting spot and now he's going to earn a, a big contract somewhere else i just don't see the eagles paying linebackers and i think he's going to get paid and as a quick aside on TJ Edwards congratulations I believe TJ got married last weekend. Right. So uh, he was, he's on the, the, the Marissa and Michael Dunn calendar for wedding planning. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So congratulations to TJ now a husband. So Anthony Harris and uh, Alex Singleton were in attendance. Nice. And mm -hmm. Kamu Gruje Hill. 
Kamu, 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 guru, jayhil. All right, so you have him at 12. You don't think he's coming back? You think he's going to Arizona? Oh, I don't know where he's going. I, I actually think I, yeah, I was going to say Chicago as a chance. He is from Chicago, and they have so much money and so many needs. But I, I, they they also have a comparable player there. I I don't know where he's going to go. Um, I think well, I'll I'll start to to match destinations a little more next week when we do quackatology. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, okay. though that's more about people coming to the Eagles, but yeah. Sure, but um, I will look around the league and kind of and, and match up who goes where. Most of my work so far has been on on this exercise. Are the Eagles bringing this player back? Can he, you know, that kind of thing. So, all right, a very interesting uh, duo coming up here, and maybe we'll go to break after the uh, safety duo here. Next up is number ninety-two on the Athletics Top One Hundred and Fifty, Marcus Epps. We have talked for a long time, Zach, about. Marcus Epps and C.J. Garner-Johnson. Who's more likely to come back? Uh, probably not both. We'll get to C.J. in a minute. I have Marcus Epps at six. I have Marcus Epps at eight. Hmm. Yeah, so good point there. And uh, another quick aside here. I don't know if, if we covered this on the previous show or, or not. Uh, did we cover... Why how he didn't sign players in season extensions last last uh, season? I want to give you credit here. You you hit the nail on the head. You speculate. You asked Howie about it earlier this year. Howie did not, um, or I shouldn't say you asked Howie about it. I, I think you've uh, you've looked into this. And I asked him about it. It was on the record. It was it was embargoed, but it was on the record. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I like how you saw my the, the yeah. wheels spinning in my head there. <laughs> yeah, you asked Howie about this, and he said there was a reason for it, and he he did not give the reason. He said the reason over the weekend, and uh, oh, I'm sorry, over the week. And the reason is that uh, they had they had such good team chemistry, they were winning, and they had so many guys who played the same spots or were in similar situations. And there was speculation that maybe. They were doing it because of like cap space or Jalen Hurts' contract. But you said at the time you think it was because if you give Marcus Epps a deal, how does that affect CJ Garner Johnson or vice versa? TJ Edwards and Kaiser White. If you pay Javon Hargrave at the age of 29, what does that send say to James Bradbury at the age at the age of 29? Right. There's so many players in these kind of situations that uh that it it was best to kind of let everything play out, which is what's uncharacteristic for the Eagles. But I think Epps and CJ is a great example of that because uh, that could have been a potentially dis disruptive development. Hmm. Well, okay. Let's let me hear what, where you have CJ and then let's talk. Well, we can, we can yeah. talk again about this dance between the two of these guys. I have CJ Garner Johnson at eight where you have Marcus Epps. I have CJ Garner Johnson at five. Okay. You think that you think the Eagles want him back? Yeah, I, I, I referenced this in the story today. And again, I'm like, um, I, I, I might be too impressionable uh, because you have conversations in Indianapolis and, and you ask people what they think they're going to do. And you just say, oh, they're not going to let so-and-so out of the building. They're not going to let CJ out of the building. They're not going to let Javon out, out of the building. But then the flip side is, is you hear the Eagles saying, we're going to lose guys. We're expecting comp picks, right? So you can't, you can't keep everyone. But I, I, I think they're going to, 
try to keep CJ. I, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I think they're going to try to keep CJ. Ultimately, I, I think they might be priced out, but I, I don't know for that to be the case. And I'm kind of hedging here. And as, as we'll see by the end of this exercise, um, and this is going to be a long show and I'm fully on board with that, that, uh, that it's, it's not like slam dunks in the past. You've had guys, you're like, I know this guy's back, right? Like this guy shouldn't even be on the list. They're bringing him back. That's not the type of list this, this is this year. So I have CJ Gardner Johnson at five, but I, I don't know. I think they want him. I just don't know. So first of all, he's number 17 on the top 150. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that they want him back. Okay. I know we hear a lot about they uh, like the, the there's reporting that they want to make him a priority. Uh, you know, they view him as somebody they really want back. I think maybe that's drumming up his market to some degree for the compact value. Maybe here's the yeah. thing. I, I think I think there is real benefit to like his his person his on field personality. Um, you know, people have written about like you know he, he's 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 an agitator in practice just as much as he is in a game. I think Nick Sirianni probably likes that dynamic. Uh, a guy who is like super competitive himself. Sirianni, remember, has said like. He was asked which player he was most like personality wise. And he said, probably CJ. Um, I think they, I think, I think they view that as a, probably a net positive, but he's 25 years old, right? The contractor now, so he's entering his, he's entering his prime and that's the kind of player the Eagles would commit to, but like the tempestuousness, like we saw him tweeting at Jonathan Gannon um, and then deleting the other day. In the locker room, um, to commit long term to something that you know is going to be such a headache, day in and day out, and this is the guy who's going to be the highest paid player on the defense and like the leader of the defense. Look, you look at like the ages of everybody else. I think that's a really, really, really risky bet to take. Um, I think he's, as I've said before, I think he's the perfect player to have on a one-year deal i think a long-term commitment here for what it's going to take for real significant money when when you care so much about like the 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 balance of the personalities in the locker room i don't know i wouldn't do it and i and I, I don't know we'll see it's a, it's, it's an such interesting a risk. discussion you know i i've i've always i i heard this before this is this is football and in life, I imagine is that uh, you know money doesn't change people; it just makes you more of what you are, right? And and so if if you're if you're worried about CJ, um, then you'd be you'd be worried even more when you know when the contract comes and, and he's emboldened. But if you think that like all right, let's let's not conflate uh, a big personality in, in practice with it with a negative presence. Right. That I, so I, I, I don't think stuff like tweeting uh, about Jonathan Gannon is, a, is a big deal. I, I wouldn't worry about that. Right. If, if, if he's value added in the locker room and he's certainly value added on the football field, if you think that there has been growth and maturity there, then I, I wouldn't be concerned with that. Um, but you know, I, 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 I'm sorry, go on. And then I want to no, you for a second. Go ahead. Well, I, I do want to give you a lot of credit here, and it's something that I could I can learn from. You're you're 
I, I respect how, how like you really think independently about these things here. And certainly I, 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 I don't want to come off like a stenographer and like, uh, but I, I can be impressionable in that you, you, you hear things and you're like, well, they probably know more than me, but I, I think you do a really good job of saying, well, there's probably motive for whenever someone says something, if, if there's this school of thought that they really want him back, perhaps it's to raise the price or create leverage in a different situation. Who knows? I, I think you do a real good job with that. And I think that's especially applicable for this game here. Well, I'm not sure I needed gas enough for that, but uh, thank you for saying so. You, you think independently too. You don't have to, it's not my own corner. Not, there's the I'm really, know. I'm really interested to see what happens here. I really am. Um, I think if the Eagles didn't have Dom DeSandro, they wouldn't even consider bringing him back. Um, but I just, I don't know. The kind of deal it's going to take versus the headache. I just, I'm, I'm skeptical. I've been skeptical all along. I could be, I could absolutely be wrong about this. He's so a good, he's a good player. Is he a great player? Is he? I don't know. Well, so that's that's so that's a debate that I I, I was going to get to because you're very focused on the Chip Kelly aspect of this here, which is like, what's he like in the locker room? What's he no, like in no, the organization? No, no, no. I don't want. Wait, I'm wait, not wait, like wait. Here, please I'm let me not finish. Like Mister Locker Room Guy. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, because well, go, go ahead. Because I'm 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 just saying. You, at the at the end of the day, you need blue chip players to win, right? The, I feel very strongly about that. You need guys who are at the top of the league at their position. And we, this is the conversation we had going back to midseason when we talked about Gardner Johnson or Epps. Gardner Johnson has a better chance of being a top of the league player at his position. And if you're going to pay someone, uh, you know, eight digits, you want him to be top of the league at his position. And and so that's why I think this is a possibility. I mean, I am I am I am not Mr. Chip Kelly, locker room guy. I would just say, I wouldn't be saying these things if if like you know i hadn't seen and heard things that that give me pause yeah but right it's yeah but it's and it's, i and it's not like it's things that i think could would would be real headaches down the road it's the line in bold dorm you win 20 in the show they call it they'll call the shower shoes they'll call the fungus in your shower shoes colorful Right. If if uh, that's that's the line from Baltimore, I see where it's laughing. That was before no, your time. I was like oh, okay. how you just whipped that one out. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I used it a lot when it's it's when the conversation comes up about um, a player's kind of personality or ultimately. Uh, and and Steve Kime once said this, that if uh, if if Hannibal Lecter ran a four four, you know, they they call him what they they'd. Uh, I, I need to finish the line here. I brought this up. Um, <laughs> it was a great line. If Hannibal Lecter ran a fourth here, I see in Google here. Yeah. If Hannibal Lecter ran a four, three, we'd probably uh, diagnose it as an eating disorder. Um, right. And the, the point being that, that there's exceptions made for talented players. And I think you'll see this in, uh, in the draft next month. <laughs> there's going to be exceptions yeah. made for really talented players. And I don't, I don't know that he is that good. Of, I don't know that he is a blue chip player. Well, then that's, then you don't bring him back then because yeah, that's, I'm not paying a safety. I'm not paying a safety that money unless you think he's a blue chip player. We've seen them get by at that position um, in, you know, the, the five to seven to nine range, right? 
not the the fourteen sure. million range. Now listen, and, like, is, and, are you going to feel Shield good had, if you if you if you strut out in week one and your safeties are Marcus Epps and Reed Blankenship? Probably not. No, You're not going to feel yeah. great. But I think it's also part of the larger conversation about like you know how much defense matters, what positions matter. You know, if you're going to be spending, would would Howie Roseman, if he can spend for one big guy, would he rather spend on Javon Hargrave or CJ Gardner Johnson? You know, one guy's 25, one guy's 30, yeah. but we know the positions that he cares about more. Yeah. Now, Shield does a really good job in his. You know, he did this when he was at the at the athletic too, and in projecting the market. And I was surprised in his CJ Gardner Johnson write up, where he did say the safety market's tricky to project, but he he thought the comp was the Justin Reed deal. Which was three years, thirty-one point five million. I was very surprised to see that. I thought the comp was more aligned with the Marcus Williams deal, which is like fourteen million a season. I think if you're talking about ten and a half million per year, that might be closer to to an acceptable range. I, I think when you start to get to fourteen, fifteen million a year, you're saying that's that's too much. I so I I I was surprised to see the Justin Reed comp. I thought it was going to be the Marcus Williams one. Mm. All right, let's take a break. We're through uh, six of the 20 players. We'll be back on the other side with more Flu World Order. All right. Back on Birds with Friends. Oh, Zach. Uh-oh. <laughs> Zach. Zach's Two eating something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went to P2. I got back. I, what, what, did you, what are you munching on over there? Sushi. Wow. wow. He's not munching. He's like full bite over there. Yeah. <laughs> Was this leftover sushi? Uh no I I um I hope not no and we picked it up on 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 the way home like wow. lunch like a, a lunch special sushi and I thought uh, excuse me that Henson shave ad was was gonna be a little longer <laughs> so second time uh, getting burned by that this week no I was back though I made sure I made sure I was back in my seat but uh, do you want to take a few yeah. more bites and we'll. Marissa and I will will talk. Yeah, I'm a little jealous you're eating sushi, Zach. You know. No, that's okay. That's okay. I also got the, I got the edamame here too, as well. So, mm. I think at per pick you should have a, a piece. <laughs> that's yeah. Be, you know what it's called when you eat it? Edamame. Oh no! What's the joke? At a daddy. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard that one. I'll, I'll, I'll well, usually it. it's not pronounced quite like mommy. So the chat good. would like to know what kind of sushi, Zach. Um, it's like a cucumber roll. Um, no, like uh, I, I trade veggie or no? It, no, it's a, like it's, a veggie it's, roll. It's tuna, but I I don't think it's rice. The roll. I think the roll is like a cucumber. Oh, uh, very healthy. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Emily. Then, yeah. Yes. I, I could take a hint after a week in Indianapolis, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next up, we have uh, number 53 on the Athletics Top 150, Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, who will be 35 in week one next year. Zach, where do you have Brandon Graham? Where do I have Brandon Graham? That's a great question, and I need to pull my list up here. Mm. Uh, sorry. I, I have Brandon Graham at number three. On this list, mm, I've got him at number two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Uh, again, thinking alike here. I, I I think Brandon Graham is the type of veteran that if you bring him back, uh, it's it's not sentimentality. We've seen him in that backup role. That's a really important role for the Eagles. Uh, 
I, th- I, I think an, an under the radar question here, by the way, and this is t- this is related to Brandon Graham is is what do you make of Derek Barnett, right? If if Derek Barnett is not in the plans at all, then you really need four guys there, and I imagine one of them is going to be a draft pick. But if one of them is Brandon Graham, that's 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 a good outcome. If you think Derek Barnett, who's already under contract, can come back from his ACL and play in that uh, Brandon Graham role from last year, then that certainly affects it. But not saying Brandon Graham is going to take less to stay here, but I think that what his market would be probably fits in with where the Eagles are. And that's someone who Bo did a great job outlining in his uh, piece when he was with uh, Brandon's wife. Um that uh, that Brandon has roots in this area. This is this is not someone who just lives here during the season. He he's he's raising his kids here. So I'm going Brandon Graham. Yeah, Derek Barnett's um, contract is structured such that he's probably going to be on the team next year. Um, it would cost the Eagles money to cut yeah. him. Um, so that's a real. It's a good point by you. Um, that's a real factor here. I just. I find it hard to believe maybe maybe him more than anyone else this side of Kelsey that he's going to play somewhere else. Now, um, you know, as his wife Carlene said, like they sort of expected that they were going to leave Philadelphia every time he's been a free agent before, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and that has not happened. So who knows? Um, he's on the record as saying he wants to play two more years. If he comes back to the Eagles, he will tie Chuck Bednarik for the uh, longest tenure with the franchise uh, in the history of the team. I don't know. Like it's, it's possible that he played too well this year uh, that there might be offers out there that the Eagles really can't afford to match. But I sort of think that if, if he wants to, if he wants to be back, he'll be back. And that's a position that ages well, right? That, I mean, there are edge rushers in their mid thirties who, who, who remain productive. So it's it's not like wide receiver or a corner, right? Where where you kind of fall off a cliff. Robert Quinn aside this year. Yeah, I mean, and you don't want to be paying on like, you know, he he tore his Achilles two years ago. Yeah. He had a great season this year, but it was like it was probably an outlier of a season uh that was benefited by how strong the overall pass rush was, right? Um he's in you term in terms of like uh practice value like he's a he's a day-to-day energy guy Sirianni has talked about that but I don't know I I I guess I wouldn't be I mean I have him at number two but I I guess I wouldn't be oh like completely shocked if he signed elsewhere yeah and and now this isn't a backhanded compliment uh, although it it might come off like it to him (laughs) um he's he's not someone who like thrives based on his physique or and athleticism either right Mm -hmm. like there's there's some guys who once that speed's not there, they're they're done. Or right. you know, once their their body starts to get a little older, I, I mean that's that's not Brandon's game, where he 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 needs to be in like optimum shape and optimum speed to be an effective pass rusher. Mm-hmm. All right, next up we have your boy Javon Hargrave. Uh, yeah, for the reasons we talked about, I have him at number four. I have Javon at number four as well. Wow, actually. all right, no yeah. blood there. Yeah, uh, look, uh, Javon is going to have a lot of Bojangles with this contract. Um, that's have you how, ever had Bojangles, Zach? Of course, I covered okay. the ACC. There were right, a lot of late night. Sure. There are a lot of late night Bojangles. I, I mean, matter of fact, cookout? Is, yeah, cookout. 
I've had it. Don't How would you it. peck nest migrate Bojangles, Cookout, and Chick-fil-A? Your favorite. <laughs> um, I mean, the I Southern would, staples. Yeah, I would probably uh, nest Chick-fil-A, although I wish it was open on Sundays, right? I would I would peck Bojangles and I would migrate Cookout. What about you? Uh, I would migrate Chick-fil-A. I would okay. nest Bojangles and peck Cookout. Uh, now this, this isn't ignorance, but, um, I suppose there was a healthy dose of ignorance on, well, to be literal, there's an unhealthy dose of, 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 of ignorance here. I did not realize how unhealthy sweet tea was for you when I first moved down mm. to, to ACC territory and everything down there is sweet tea. And up here, um, where I'm from, you know, uh, you, iced tea is, is something people drink but it's 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 not considered like an unhealthy beverage you know you can you can little, sweeten it uh, a little green tea uh yeah pomegranate blueberry from trader joe's here. there you go yeah like tea, but yeah <laughs> yeah so i gotta tell you uh i i i never had sweet tea until i was down you know I was, I, was, I was living in charlottesville virginia and i was in north carolina basically every other weekend uh and everywhere you go has sweet tea and sweet tea is really good but then you realize like two it's years later, so it, and it is not good for you. So, uh, yeah, I realized that, the, but I, Popeye's I bring fries, a, some of my favorite fries in the game, yeah. maybe yeah. they'd be in my Mount Frymore. Yeah. But, uh, Bojangles. Yeah. I used to have the sweet tea at Bojangles and that, 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 that was not a smart idea, but I, I, I brought up the, the Bojangles there because, Right by Javon Hargrave's house where he grew up, and on his way home from school, there was a Bojangles, and uh, he used to. Um, after he lost games, he he said he could not eat Bojangles, and his high school team went winless, and he missed a lot of Bojangles, and he likes to he likes to eat, and and so this next contract, he was on a three year, thirty nine million dollar contract when the Eagles signed him last time. Really, one of the best free agent signings the Eagles have had in a long time. Um, I mean, for what, you know, they identified the player really well. He he outperformed that contract. And if he got three years, 39, with the, I, I know it's a different age demographic, but with the production he was coming off of in Pittsburgh, uh, man, with the way he's rushed a quarterback since then, this is going to be a huge deal. And, but I think it's a premium position for the Eagles. And it's, uh, it's still a player who's, who's productive. I think they're going to try to make it work. But again, this might be one where they're priced out. And I, 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 the age is a real factor here, right? Like, he's he's a very good player, but are you going to make your your one big investment of the offseason a, a player at that age? I mean, now obviously I'm not counting the Jalen Hurts extension. I'm talking about money that's going to matter uh, in the short term. Like, if you can afford to re-sign Javon Hargrave, you can probably afford to sign Draymond Jones instead. Right, and push the money forward and sign a longer-term deal, and you get a guy who's uh, in the prime of his career. It, that's like where the sentimentality thing matters, right? Um, I think. I, I mean, I have him at four because I think the Eagles would like to have him back, but I think everybody here, after, I mean, even after like, and everybody here actually, there are no guarantees uh, on this. On, as you said earlier, like. In the past, there have been guys we know are coming back. I don't think there is anybody who we know is definitely coming back. I just think 
I have him this highly because the Eagles w- would like to have him back if the price is right. But if if you're going to sign one big money deal, I don't I don't know that it should be Javon Hargrave. Yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, when when you talk about some of those 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 younger D tackles, the thing is, is there's a little more projection there, right? And with with Javon, you've you've seen the pass rush production, right? I, sure. I, I know I know he's old, but I, I mean let's say let's say you can sign him to three years at 17 a year. Okay. Would you do that? Guaranteed 17 for three years. I mean, let's say the first two years are guaranteed. So 34 guaranteed. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot. I mean, the the, the price is what it is, right? But yeah. I don't know that I would do that. Now, okay. Um, now, I, I guess, would you give that same contract? I, I mean, you mentioned Draymond Jones. Would you give that same deal to Draymond Jones? Well, you would hope that you would, you would expect you hope it to it's be less. like a four-year yeah. deal, right? And yeah, like a four-year deal for, let's call it four, 460. Uh, or, or like a, a Zach Allen type, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's no. more projection. Obviously, yeah. there's, there's, there are many more unknowns. But I don't know. I think I probably would. I don't know. I mean, it, look, it, if you're reading between the lines here, one thing Howie Roseman said was that they're going to make sure, that, you know, their their priorities are going to be important to them. They're going to make sure that they're. That, that that they hit their priorities. And that's the offensive and defensive line. They're yeah. not going to go into this season. I, I'll, I'll say this with confidence. They're not going to go into the season without a pass rushing presence on the interior of their defensive line. And like, it's not going to be Jordan that's Davis. Just, that's just not Milton Williams. Milton Williams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, starting, the projected starting defensive line is not going to be Reddick, Sweat, D- uh, Davis, and Milton Williams. Yeah, that there's 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 going to be someone there who they know can get to the quarterback mm. on a consistent basis. So okay, all right. Speaking of defensive line, we move now to Linval Joseph, number one forty-two on the Athletics Top One Hundred and Fifty. We still have yet to have someone who's not ranked in the Top One Hundred and Fifty. Uh, where do you have Linval? I have Linval fifteen. Played mm. well for them, but that's Jordan Davis's role in this defense next year. I have him at sixteen. I don't think he's coming back, but if Jordan Davis tore his ACL next week Mm -hmm. uh, and the Eagles needed somebody to fill the hole for a year, Linval Joseph would be the guy they call. Same thing that could, if we're talking, because now these guys count at any point in the 2023 season. So if that were to happen in week four and they called Linval off the street, that counts. So I don't know. You you might, you might get a point there, Zach. It's not impossible. What did he have him at? 14? He had him at 15. I had him at 16. 15. Yes. All right. Big one here, Zach. Jason Kelsey, who has okay. had, uh, he was not in the top 150 because he didn't technically qualify. He's got that Boyd year thing going on. But where do you have the uh, the guy with the uh, only very slightly more popular podcast than ours? <laughs> only slightly. He, he he has better guests than well, I shouldn't say better guests. He gets big name guests. He he get he had Howie and Nick. That's a shot oh, at all our guests. No, no, sorry, yeah, that's why. That's why I took that back. That's why I took that. Back. He, I mean, he had Hallie in it. Um, you think Coach Flynn and you had beef before? <laughs> huge coach, huge coach. And and by the way, when you look at the wide receivers, in I mean, this what's draft, Tim Kawakami thinking? When you when you look at the wide receivers in this draft, Coach Flynn, Coach Flynn deserves a raise. Man, I mean, you talk about developing wide receivers. Credit to Coach Flynn. Um, here we go, Jason Kelsey. I have. 
as the number one player for the Eagles in flu world order. I think if Jason Kelsey wants to return, he's returning. And I don't think Jason Kelsey's operating like a guy who just wants to sit to sit at home with his legs up. He's certainly preparing for life after football, but I think what he's doing, he can do it. Look, I, 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 I don't know. I did. I did see Jason over the week at, over the week. Oh, uh, you saw him. I didn't see him. Yeah. I saw him. Um, you know, he asked him how his wife's feeling. Didn't ask him about food. I, I didn't think, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't ask him if he's coming back or, yeah, or tough not. Scene. I, Baby was born like a week ago. He's, he's yeah, like, yeah. a whole week in that. Indiana, Indianapolis. Yeah. yeah. But I guess yeah. it's her third. She's a, she's a pro. But. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think Jason, um, it, look, if, if he wants to come back, he has a spot on the team. That's what Howie Rosen made it sound like. And I, I think it's, it's, it's going to be up to him. And I think elsewhere, there's more questions like, is this guy going to be like, you know, can they fit him in? Do they want him back? That kind of thing. Jason Kelsey, I think the only question is, is he retiring or is he playing? Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it's a given that he wants to, that he wants to play again. I think it, I think it's not a given. retirement yeah. is absolutely on the table. You know, he talked yeah. to, in the Super Bowl locker room that he is not the same player he once was. Uh, you know, Jalen makes him look a lot better than he is. Um, He's going to take his time, you know. He's as you said, he's got the he's got the the third baby. I'm not I'm not 100. percent I mean, I'm not anywhere near 100 percent sure. I'm not. So where's he on yours? 60 percent sure that he's coming back. But because I agree that if he wants to come back, he will be back. I also have him at number one. <laughs> so that was that was playing both sides of it wow. right there. No, I mean because everybody here in the entire on yeah. the entire list, there are no guarantees, and so he's the yeah. one guy who is is in control of sure whether he wants to be back or not right yes like yes i don't know do you think the eagles here's a question for you do you think the eagles like the podcast like do you think they're happy that he does the podcast i mean i think the eagles would much prefer any content comes from them (laughs) right you know know, i mean i think they would they would uh yeah uh no it's look most organizations want to keep things in house i i guess but (laughs) i mean i think so what Jason Kelsey has done more for you than yeah, sure. Than you've done for him in my. They probably don't yeah. love it. So. Yeah, yeah. Deal with it. Let okay. the let the. I'll 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 say this. Let your biggest concern be a, a guy has his own podcast. There's there's a lot of crap that goes on behind the scenes. Stuff that some stuff we know about. A lot of stuff we don't know about. Let the distraction be a, a guy has his podcast. You can live with that. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, Zach. Where do you have Brett Kern? The first player on this list who is not in the Eagles top 150. Yeah, I have Brett Kern 19. Hmm. I have Brett Kern 17. Okay. Uh, I originally had him 20, and then uh, the possibility of another midseason yeah. uh, signing next year crossed my mind. And so I have him at 17. Yeah. I don't have much analysis. Here I don't here. think we need to they, spend too much time yeah. on Brett Kern, given that we they, are in the They didn't have a punt in the Super Bowl, you know? So, yeah. All right, Zach, this is a really interesting one to me. Um, And I think it's one of the, like, under the radar, really interesting things of the offseason is what do the Eagles do at backup quarterback? We know they value it uh, organizationally. They don't have a lot of money to spend. They don't have a lot of mid-round draft picks. So it's going to be really interesting to see. But Gardner Minshew, where do you have him? I have Gardner Minshew at 17. Hmm, I have him at 14. Okay. I think that the Eagles do value backup quarterback, and I think they're they're gonna 
they're going to look there. And I, I, I don't think they'd mind spending. I think Gardner Minshew will go to a spot where he has a better opportunity at playing time. And uh, yeah, I, I think the Eagles can, can look elsewhere for their backup quarterback. That's not a knock on Minshew. I just don't think the opportunities there for Minshew for a second contract. I think like uh, this is similar to the arc of the Fletcher Cox thing to me. Mm-hmm. Mid-season, I would have said there's no chance Gardner Minshew is coming back as Zach pops one in. Um, Took some ginger. I couldn't eat the full roll. All you but... did was throw in a ginger? Yeah. You you thought that was worth it? If you're going to throw something in, I mean, Can I get the actual roll? sustenance. Get an actual piece in there. I'm trying I'm, not I'm to... all for like starting eating on the pot. this is a long pot it's a long pot to start at yeah Um, yeah break the seal from marissa that eating on the pot is acceptable yeah Yeah. although i get yelled at all the time because apparently i chew with my mouth open um and i talk with food in my mouth that's one of michael's who yells at you michael michael Michael. yeah you would think like that would not bother him he's used to like yeah like the offensive line ogre he's calling you out on that yes like almost every meal i've gotten a lot better with it apparently but, um, yeah, I get yelled at all the time for talking with food in my mouth. Zach, if you want to eat, I'll, I'll, I will make this promise to you. For the audio listeners, I will no longer mention it if you, <laughs> you <laughs> eat okay. it. Okay, so I won't call it out. The, 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 the viewers will get to notice. But I won't That's call okay. you out. Eat away. I, I, I had two pieces of the roll. So I feel like I'm satiated until the end of the pod. I'm good. Okay. It just looks it, it looks appetizing. So I, I my thing with – my. My thing with Minshew is, of course, he would like to go somewhere where he has a better chance to start. But there are so many middling quarterbacks on the market this year that I don't know that he's going to find somewhere that's going to be willing to give him a shot, even if it's like a um, a Cardinals or uh, a Texans, where it's like you get to be the placeholder for two weeks until Bryce Young or whoever takes over. I mean, there's guys like um like baker mayfield and sam darnold and um to say nothing of the guys like you know jacoby Brissett and teddy bridgewater i mean there are so many quarterbacks that it's there's no guarantee that there's anyone who's going to look at Gardner Minshew and think i'd rather have him than even mike white right and so we know the eagles coaching staff likes Gardner Minshew. sirianni has talked about that um so if he surveys the market and there's nowhere that's willing to give him that spot you could do worse than coming back to a place where um, you're in a position to succeed when you do have to play. Here's where I'll push back is that there are, are going to be a number of teams this year. Well, let's say three teams this year that are going to have uh potential rookie starting quarterbacks, maybe four, but I think, you, you know, depending on how you project a guy as a, as more of a project or a, a day one starter, I think Gardner Minshew is a, is a really good quarterback to pair up with your rookie quarterback because you know maybe if the quarterback's not ready day one but it's it's ready more midseason Gardner can start for you get by for you I think that would be a more appealing opportunity than an opportunity like Philly where you're behind an entrenched franchise quarterback let's say Carolina for instance okay Carolina drafts a quarterback in the top 10 you know let's say they don't get Derek Carr but they, they're drafting a quarterback in the top 10. Pairing Minshew with him, that could be a good outcome um, for Minshew relative to, you know, being in Philly. So I I think Minshew will find an opportunity that's more appealing. 
Well, yeah, it's a good opportunity for Minshew, but there's no guarantee. Yeah. I mean, look at all the, the all the quarterbacks who are on the market. So mm-hmm. Geno Smith is going to get re-signed. Daniel Jones mm-hmm. doesn't count. We don't even count Derek Carr. But those are guys who are filling spots for yes. those positions. Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G to a lesser extent, Taylor mm-hmm. Heineke, Carson Wentz, Sam Darnold, Mike White. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater. Like that's a lot of guys who are that who are that same level or better. And so it's not it's not up to Gardner Minshew. Like no, what, but it I mean, is up to Gardner. Could, those teams could like Taylor Heineke more. But if if you're rating uh I mean the league spoke and he was only worth a fifth round pick two years ago. I actually don't know if the league spoke to that. I I, I think you think the Jags just didn't call around. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I, I think right. that yeah. I think the urban year was was a, was yeah. a good year to fleece the Jags. That's fair. Um, but no, I I I hear what you're saying. I just think if you if you did a ch- a, a chart for like quarterbacks who are entrenched in their jobs, Jalen Hurts is fairly high up there, and you know I, I think Garner would would look for someone who maybe is like seventy five percent. Or 40, you know, I'm not saying a guy has to be 40%, but there are enough guys who are in like that 70 to 80, you know, that 70 to 90 range than Jalen, who is like 100, you know? Well, yeah, but I think the, I think the biz, the right business decision, if you can't find a place to actually compete is to, is to sign a one-year deal to put yourself in position to re-enter the market, having had success and where is he going to have more success than a place where he knows the scheme um, and is okay. input in, and, and is surrounded by good talent than versus going to somebody like you know who's a who's a slightly lesser quarterback in terms of uh safety like uh matt like i don't know matthew stafford let's say he goes Mm -hmm. to let's say he goes to the rams to back up matthew stafford maybe stafford has a slightly higher injury risk but i don't know i think i think if he's if he's looking to rebuild his value and to enter the market next year when there are maybe fewer quarterbacks on the market i think i think the eagles would make sense Okay, I hear you. That's all. I mean, I haven't at fourteen, so it's not like I think he's coming. Definitely coming back, but that's my reasoning. All right. Uh, next up, Zach Pascal. Pascal the rascal, the man who uh, had a not great Super Bowl, but is a Sirianni favorite. He is also not in the top one fifty here. Zach, where do you have Zach Pascal? I have Zach Pascal at number six on my list. Number six. Ooh, uh, this is our biggest difference so far. I have him at twelve. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll explain my, my number six. I think the market spoke last year. Zach Pascal doesn't cost you too much. I don't think he, he, he did much to really boost that number this season. I think that he's someone who probably has more value in Philly than elsewhere. Nick Sirianni loves him. He's a dirty work player. As, as Nick said on the podium the other day, he can contribute in multiple areas for you. He can be your fourth receiver if you need him to be your fourth receiver. Nick Sirianni discussed him in that number three receiver. You know him and Quez kind of together in the in in the number three. But again, I I think for like a veteran depth guy who can help you on special teams, who can who who can play different spots in an offense, who knows your offense, and who I don't think is going to cost too much. I think the market's spoken on Zach Pasco, and I, I think he's got more value to Philly than elsewhere. I think you made a good point. Uh, you've outlined it well. I think I think you might this this could be what decides flu world order. You might you might win here on Zach Pascal. I could certainly see him coming back. Uh, he's t- he talked in the post game locker room about how much he loved you know being a part of this team. Um, I think he was probably a little bit frustrated that he didn't play more on offense. 
sure. and he didn't get more targets than he did. I don't know necessarily where he's going to get those targets, but um, you know, he also had like a pretty big special teams gaffe in the Super Bowl to say nothing for the uh, offensive pass interference penalty that he had. Um, I think if the Eagles are going to like look to actually upgrade that spot, it's going to it's going to come at the expense of Pascal. Now we'll get to Quez Watkins. If they trade Quez Watkins, maybe you bring back Pascal um, for a cheap number. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I've misranked him. You're making me you're making me regret having him at twelve. I wish I had him at like eight, but that's okay. Let that be your biggest regret today. That's fair, Zach. Where do you have Robert Bo Quinn? As I eat ginger. Hmm. Robert Quinn at 18 here. I have him um, at 20. Sorry, was was the chewing on the mic? No. Okay, good. All right. Um, yeah, I have Robert Quinn at 18. I I I don't think Robert Quinn's coming back after the season that he had here. Um the Eagles traded a fourth round pick for him. That's not a decision that I think will be high up on the best decisions Howie Roseman's ever made. Uh, maybe there was more injury wise than we realized and that they think, all right, he can be a good situational pass rusher here. Um, does he have Sean Desai? He has a background with Sean Desai. He's, he was really True. productive. He was really productive in Chicago when Sean Desai was there. Point. Um, so maybe Sean's like, all right, you know, I, I know how to get the most of this guy here. I just think that he's he yeah, he could be uh, if there's no market elsewhere and the Eagles are looking for situational pass rushers, there can be worse people in the to sign. Yeah, I don't think how he likes like you know keeping reminders of his bad moves around necessarily, but I guess crazier things have happened. All right, things have definitely happened. The Robert Quinn returning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can promise you that. Yes. All right. A very interesting one next. Miles Sanders. Number 49 on the Eagles list or on the athletics list of the top 150 free agents. Uh, 26 years old, coming off the best, most productive year of his career. He has said publicly on the record, that he wants to be back in Philadelphia. He said it time and time again. Where do you have Miles Sanders? I have Miles Sanders at number nine here. Mm. You? I have him at 13, and I almost okay. had him lower. I think okay. that Miles Sanders is the perfect test of how of, of Howie Roseman's sentimentality thing. Oh, okay. I disagree, but keep going here. Okay. I think there is... Unless he is willing to come back, unless the market is bottoms out on him and he wants to come back for $3 million. I think spending any money, significant money on bringing Miles Sanders back would be a huge miscalculation. I think we know that the Eagles have the most running back friendly offense in the league. There are a ton of just fine veteran running backs on the market guys like Damian Harris or, you know, even Deontay Foreman or whatever. I think Miles Sanders who offers nothing in the passing game is not a good receiver nor a productive receiver and not a very good pass protector. 
I think bringing him back, uh, spending money on him would be would be wild. Um, and I think the only case to do it would be like the sentimentality. Um, I, I would be this is one where I would be really, really surprised if he comes back. I know he wants to be back. Maybe maybe that's the reason why. But he's not going to turn down more money elsewhere to come back to yeah. Philadelphia. And I don't think the Eagles are in a position to spend money on him. Yeah, I don't think this is about sentimentality. I think this is about supply and demand. Okay, I I I think that there's there's an awful lot of you know the supply at running back this year is exceedingly high between the free agents available and be and the the draft options. Okay, um, the way you're describing the Eagles situation is probably a way that you can describe other team situations as well, right? Um, that I think that there's a chance that the market isn't what Miles Sanders wants out there, and if that's the case, then Miles Sanders can go where he wants to go. And right. And, and maybe the best situation is here. So that's my point. I, I, I don't think the Eagles keep them out of sentimentality. I think the Eagles might have a number where they say like, look, I don't want to insult you. This is what we're willing to allocate to the position. If you can't find what you want elsewhere, this is what we're, we're willing to allocate it. I don't think they brought back Derek Barnett last year out of sentimentality. I think they brought back Derek Barnett because that's what they were going to pay for that spot in the defensive end rotation and Derek Barnett thought he was going to get paid more. And they were like, this is, this is the offer. If, if you know, you want to come back here. And I think that, I mean, not, not obviously this, this, the same numbers, but I, I, I think that could be what happens here. That said, you know, I, I have started doing some work on the running backs in this draft class and man, there are guys who you're like, get this guy. You're paying less than a million a year. Okay. And he might be better in this offense. Right. Now there's there's always the resource question. If if you're spending a second round pick on a running back, you're not spending a second round pick on a different position, right? And you don't want you you want to be able to draft based on uh just the best the, the best prospect for you and not because you need a running back. But the Eagles in 2017, for instance, the Eagles needed a running back going into the draft, board did not fall the way they wanted. Took Pumphrey in the fourth round, then they signed Legarrette Blunt afterwards. There's always going to be running backs to sign. Now, uh, running back might not be as good as Miles Sanders, but there's always going to be running backs to sign. Point being, I think if he comes back, it's at their number, not his number. I think he is slight. I think he's a little bit too good to be hanging around three weeks okay. in free agency, and I don't think, like, I don't think the Eagles are going to sign a running back until April or something like that. Um, I just, oh yeah, I, I don't think they're signing from, but, but I mean, here's the deal. Okay, you got trying to find. You got you Josh know, Jacobs. List. You got Tony Pollard. Yeah, Saquon Barkley. Right. Okay. He's the next uh, guy, right? Um. It, yeah. Pro. Yeah. Probably so. Um. I mean, for, yeah. Then there's Foreman, Singletary. But yeah, he's probably next guy there. Yeah. How many running backs get paid in an offseason? I mean, I think I think some running backs make yeah, Leonard Fournette's dollars. On, like, I mean, I mean, Leonard Fournette's on the market now. Yeah, he's better um, than those guys. Yeah, he's still young-ish, and yeah. he has speed. I think he's I think he's very firmly the number four running. But now, I just he doesn't offer any value in the passing game, and that's why I don't think you spend any money to bring him back. Okay. Okay. Uh, speaking of running backs, next up, Bosco, Boston Scott. Where do you have Boston Scott? Zach? I have him at number five. 
I just I'm 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 just looking here. It was a different running back draft class last year. I'm sorry, um, free agency class last year, but like four running backs didn't get paid last year. You know, so that's that's just one thing they I would, get paid at I all. Would point out. No, like 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 didn't get paid starter money last year in free agency. So I know it was okay, a, well, it was it was I mean, a maybe class. two of those guys get franchise tagged, and so yeah, there's still only a few teams. Yeah, I mean, last year, Leonard Fournette got three years, 21. Chase Edmonds got two years, 12. Cordero Patterson got two years, 10 and a half. J.D. McKissick got two years, seven. Rashad Penny got one year, 5.75. Where's James Conner on this list? Um, I don't see Conner. Conner got it better. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they didn't get, you know, they didn't get paid that. that Jamal Williams, too. But. Yeah. All right, sorry about that. Who would you ask about? Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Um, now, where did my list go? I feel like Bo. I have so many tabs going here. I'm not used to this. Uh, Boston Scott, I have at number 10 on this list. I have as number five. Interesting. You think more of a chance of Boston. I do. I think. Uh, You're all paying your third running back, not your first one. <laughs> well, I'm not paying him. I, 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 I mean, you can't, you can't envision the Eagles signing Boston Scott in July to bring him back to camp. I think sure I can envision it, but I don't think I I don't think a third running. I mean, back if you is, don't think people are paying Boston Scott, who do you think are paying Miles Sanders? Who do you think is paying Boston Scott? Well, that's my point. Is like Boston Scott. I think right. would probably want for a million dollars and no, then I, see if he I makes, think he the, would, makes the team. Like, yeah, I think Boston would probably want to go to a better situation. Yeah, but there aren't all these like where are all these magical better situations coming. The Giants might give him fifteen million dollars, but yeah. I mean, a, a team that 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 hasn't already valued you as the number three running back. Like they've 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 shown you, they've shown you what they thought of you. Yeah, and they give him care. I mean, I don't know where 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 else he's going to get more work than he gets in Philadelphia. Okay, all right, four left, Zach. I'm sorry this episode is going long. I'm leaning, I'm Bo, however long you want it, and however long our audience wants it is how long I want it. Okay. I think that I I feel very strongly that uh I'm look, the audience speaks ultimately. If you if, if you have a pizza shop and no one eats the pizza, it's not good pizza. So uh it's a marketing very... problem. <laughs> it's a location problem. Yeah, I I think the audience so I'm 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 listening to the audience here. I'm trying to get better in every way on this. So, I mean, I'd like I'd love to go into a whole long back and forth about about what the pizza? No, about the length of the episodes and uh, why I was so offended. Uh, but we are at 90 minutes, and we have four more guys to get through. So, why don't I, we uh, well, I, I did think that's what we did for the first 30 minutes of the pod. I mean. If I can be frank with you, <laughs> no, that was just me being triggered. That wasn't me explaining oh. why. But oh, okay, all right, all right. Isaac Sayamalu. Uh, if we both have Jason Kelsey at number one, that means we probably don't think that Isaac Sayamalu was coming back. But if Jason Kelsey doesn't come back, all of a sudden yeah. the calculation changes. Where do you have Big Ike? I have him at number eleven. I have Isaac at number eleven. Wow. Yeah, look at that. Um, I think if, if, uh, JC Kelsey retires, you know, then I, I could see Jurgens at center and Salem on at guard and preserving that. Salem on the number 27 on the top 150. Yeah. 
But I think Sam Howell is going to get paid, and that's something that I actually heard a bit in 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 Indianapolis that that mm-hmm. this is a guy teams like. So, uh, twenty nine years old, obviously offers three position versatility. A bit of a a slightly troubling injury history. If I was a team yeah. looking to sign him, um, frankly, but a good player. Look, if now I know tackle on guards different, but if Halapulavati Vaitai got paid what he did. And coming off the role he had with the Eagles, I think Sayamalu can get paid this offseason. I could see him going to Chicago with all that cap space that they've got trying they to rebuild that offensive line. And they need an offensive line. Yeah. Right. And they can right. and you can you can plug him into any whatever spot you need. Yep. You got Ian Cunningham, who knows him well, the assistant GM. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just a dot to throw. I've heard also people saying he might want to go back to the West Coast, but who knows? So w- what West Coast place would jump out to you there? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Maybe the maybe Rams. the Chargers, maybe the Rams. Yeah, they don't have a lot of money to spend, but true. Okay. All right. Next up, Zach. The other mercenary defensive tackle, Domican Sue. I have him at 19. I have Domican at 14. 14. Yeah, I, wow. I don't think it's happening. But look, if if you lose, if if you lose Hargrave and Cox, okay. Maybe one year deal for a guy who's proven over the course of his career that he can get to the quarterback. Um, he didn't prove it in Philadelphia. Well, he was pretty far down the the depth chart here, and I actually thought he had some productive snaps in the postseason for them. But I don't think Sue's coming back. Wow, fourteen. I this don't is know. the first I, time where I feel like I I have a better ranking yeah, than you. Probably so. <laughs> I, I I gotta admit, I I I I was on three and a half hours of sleep. I finished that article last night and then I turned to the No, I'm 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 saying I did not spend much time like really researching my Indomitian Sue ranking at eleven o'clock at night last night. So well, what about this morning? We didn't start the show until noon. You were up at four probably. <laughs> I was up at five forty. And no, I, I had something at my kids' school this morning. So Okay. Uh yeah, I don't I mean, now listen. There's the uh, this. This could be a week 15. There's an injury, and he's still on the street, and he wants to sign. He wants to sign up again. But yeah, I don't think I don't think things went particularly well for him in Philadelphia production wise. I don't see I don't see this one happening. You had him at 19, Bo. Yes. All right, two left, Zach. We have our only non-free agent now, Quez Watkins, the wide receiver three, who had the disappointing Super Bowl. Uh, the Eagles could save a little bit over $2 million by trading him. Uh, this is a di- remember, this is a different qualification here. This is if he is on the week one roster. I have him at number three just because of sort of status quo bias. I have him at, at number two for the reason okay. you said that he's on the team unless something changes. Everyone else you have to bring back. Uh, Quez Watkins is here unless something changes. So. I think I would be surprised if he is the number three receiver next year. But as you said, things things have to change in order. For I would be surprised if he finishes the season as the number three receiver next year. I can see that being a rookie who like maybe isn't ready week one, but starts to play a more prominent role by week mm. 13. Okay. All right, Zach. Last player in flu world order 2000. 23, Kaiser White, number 118 on the Athletics Top 150, 27 years old. 
Eagles brought him back uh, in the second wave of free agency, or signed him, rather, in the second wave of free agency last year. You must have him. Let me see. What number do you not have? It's an unlucky number. Ah, number 69 for Zach. You have him at 13? I have him at 10. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have him at, at 13. I have him at 10. Sorry, I was thinking I was thinking of something else. You're thinking about uh, 69? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I know. Belichick and Saban? No, I was not. <laughs> Let's go on. Um, yeah. I, I, I have Kaiser White at 13. Uh I think that he's he he's a guy who so I, I would have him higher, except I've heard that they like Nicobe Dean in that Kaiser White spot mm. in the defense. Now rub there is is the you know can Nicobe Dean play either like can he play the TJ Edwards spot I can see them bringing one of those linebackers back well well I think TJ is gonna get paid elsewhere so I can see them bringing Kaiser back air with Nicobe but one of those things I kept hearing was that they like him in Nicobe they'd like Nicobe and Kaiser spot and you are on the smaller side frankly if you have Kaiser and Nicobe White as your two linebackers different scheme though now slightly so True. who knows how uh Sean no pun intended yeah. evaluate that What's the pun? Scheme? Slightly. Oh, just because he's small? Okay. I, you know, I don't like to think about people by their size, but maybe that's you. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I think Kaiser White, I actually we, we both have him one spot behind TJ Edwards. And talking about it, I actually think he's probably more likely to come back than TJ Edwards because I think TJ Edwards is gonna get paid. And I think Kaiser White is more likely to be uh like second or third week of free agency still available. And he comes back for $2 million. He gets to, you know, be near Coatesville again. He's talking about enjoying Coatesville. I mean, sorry, not a man. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Coatesville. Coatesville's not anywhere near there. Coatesville's south. Um, well, I mean, it's still in the Philadelphia region. I mean, yeah. Cause your wife's more from like the, the, uh, the Lehigh Valley area. Sorry, sorry. Um, I was probably a little too offended by your lack of genius joke. I think of all the things for you to be offended by, I think it's reasonable for you. For your list of priorities, I'm, I expect <laughs> that's your, yeah. uh, offense. Um, now, there are, I think, I think linebackers interesting because there are a lot of starting caliber yes. linebackers on the market this year. And so I think the Eagles are going to be fine with, now we know that they have had trouble in the past. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, waiting, playing the waiting game and in, in free agency and signing linebackers but i think they'll be fine waiting till week two or three and signing whoever is left for you know two and a half million dollars or whatever and 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 the other thing i'll say too is that um i wrote this this morning i don't want to keep plugging something i i wrote but the eagles are gonna be very cognizant of the comp pick formula this offseason because as we outlined here they're gonna lose a lot of guys and in order to maximize that, you don't want to bring guys in. Like even if they're lower price guys, you don't want anything canceling it out. Yeah. So I, I think if linebackers a spot where they can sign from the outside, and I think they they might like like weigh someone who who uh, was cut somewhere else than who's like an un, who's a, who's a, who's an unrestricted free agent. Right. Or yeah. yeah, like if 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 all else is equal, you'd rather re-sign Kaiser White. Yeah. Than sign whoever else. Now, exactly. I mean. You don't want to care too much about the comp pick formula no. at, at the risk of you know making your team worse, but I think that's a I yeah. think that's a fair point. All right. Well, Zach, 
another rousing year of flu world order come uh, to an end. Let me see if I can uh, quickly look at uh, our biggest differences. Uh, I've got a spreadsheet awesome, here. Scott. Biggest differences. Dak Pascal, we had a six-point difference. Boston Scott and Dominic and Sue, we had a five-point difference. Miles Sanders, a four-point difference. Everything else within three spots. So, pretty simpatico. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tight. And remember, you can uh, you can play along as well on that Google form. The winner will get a signed picture of Michael Dunn. <laughs> I think it should be like a, a thing from each of us. That's good. So Zach's t-shirt. An item t- to be uh, named. Speaking of which, Michael. Marissa, <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes into the episode, we teased uh, earlier in the week the gifts from Tony Ascenda. You have yours on hand. We all got one of these. It's a shirt that says Wait. on the front, we also have the 10th pick. And on the back, a picture of Howie <laughs> Roseman with his with his thumb up. How often do you think you're going to wear that shirt, Zach? I am. I'm not. I appreciate. I really appreciate the thought of the of the shirt. I. I mean, for objectivity purposes, I and will not wear that shirt. Yeah, yeah. Ethics, yeah. Um, I'll go walk around not... the streets of Indy <laughs> later today. Yeah, um, but it, I'll, I'll say, you, Tony. Tony. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. You. I really appreciate you listening and. Uh, and it's awesome. I'm a huge fan of your show. There's a, there's a player shirt. Um, mm. You know, that if if there's merch, oh uh, yeah, I would love some players. I would, I would very, very happily wear, yeah, wear the merch for that show. Like if, speaking if, of which, uh, what a performance you guys been watching. Shrinking, Luke Tenney, who plays, uh, who plays the brother in Players. Starring role on shrinking. Great talent identification by the Tony Ascended team. Gonna watch. I'll have to watch. Yeah. Ha, ha, have have you been watching Your Honor? No. Great scene there about inspired driver's license. I'm not gonna give anything away, but check that out. Okay. <laughs> You're not a Your Honor fan? I don't even know what that is. Well, I mean, Bo, uh, for a connoisseur of art, um, yeah, Your Honor is a terrific show. But what is it on? Uh, it's on Showtime. I'm I'm very out of date in my um, show show options. Oh, it's so. a Cranston show. Yeah. Okay. And Stuhlbarg? Okay, that's pretty high. That's some high level talent. Yeah, in 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 it's in it's in New Orleans. Um, Do they have yeah. good Nolans accents? Some do, yeah. Wendell Pierce is in it. Wendell is it? Is it a, a is it like a contractual obligation that every show that takes place in New Orleans has to have Wendell Pierce? He plays a very important role. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really good show. And I disagree with is a is a Kirmo is a is a Kirmo Mani, uh in our chat here. I'm enjoying the second season. I was actually skeptical how the second season would go, but I'm enjoying it. Hmm. Okay, Marissa, what are you watching? Uh, I have like no new shows. I need, I'm very behind in anything new. So these are, I'm writing down all of these, uh, these different uh, things you guys are bringing up because my pop culture when it comes to TV shows is very poor. So I could take some advice. 
Oh wait, I'm sorry. It's it's not it's not Wendell Pierce. Zach's about to get canceled. This is it. This is why he doesn't want to go long because the longer we go in the episode, the more likely he um, is to get canceled. Here we go. No, I'm I'm sorry. It's Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Clay Davis. Who, who, yeah, yeah. I'm I I confuse my wire characters. I apologize. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. I'm going to try to not get you in trouble for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, what an episode it's been. We've got uh, we got a lot to get to next week. We're going to turn our attention to maybe some players the Eagles could sign from elsewhere. We've got Quackatology. We've got um, whatever else to get to. Zach, I don't want you to. I don't want you to be beating yourself up about this Wendell Pierce thing. This is going to be. Just like May this be the biggest regret of your day. An hour Listen, he was only two pieces of sushi in. He hadn't eaten the whole roll yet. You know, you got to cut the guy a break. <laughs> it was. I promise you, the confusion was from the wire. It was not. It was. It was not anything. It was a wire confusion there. I apologize. Hmm. Do you think it was Michael B. Jordan? <laughs> Come on, no. <laughs> I think it's okay. okay, but it's not for me to decide. All right. Well, uh, what a ride it's been. Going to be very interesting to follow uh, everything that happens over the course of the offseason, mostly because of the flu world order implications. So for Zach and Marissa and Isaiah, we thank you for listening and watching uh, over the course of Combine Week. Fun week it's been. We'll be back next week with a couple episodes, most likely. And for all of us, here at Birds with Friends headquarters. We thank you for listening, and as always, we love you.